The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Virginia's two-year budget deal includes a new penalty for marijuana possession. If Governor Glenn Youngkin signs the budget, carrying more than four ounces but less than a pound of marijuana will be a misdemeanor. Whitney Evans has more details. As of July of last year, adults in Virginia have been allowed to carry up to an ounce of marijuana without facing any penalties. Getting caught with more than an ounce is a $25 fine, and possession of a pound or more is a felony. But the agency tasked with researching policy changes recommended the state have a misdemeanor in between a fine and a felony. Chelsea Higgs-Wise, executive director of Marijuana Justice, says that's a bad idea. They will be stuck with the collateral consequences once convicted for at least seven years, and that includes barriers to housing, education, employment benefits, and increased risk of deportation. The changes lawmakers made this week also clarify that the possession limits don't apply at home, where Virginians are allowed to grow up to four plants. Whitney Evans, VPM News. Democrats in Virginia's House of Delegates have chosen a new leader. Delegate Don Scott says he'll push back strongly on Republicans like Governor Glenn Youngkin on issues ranging from abortion to gun control. He says Democrats need to talk more about their policies and less about a certain former president. A lot of people think that President Trump may have gotten us here. I don't believe that. Elections are about the future. And so we need to tell a story about what happens next year. Scott is a defense attorney and veteran who represents Portsmouth. He spent seven years in jail in the 1990s on federal drug charges. Scott has been a vocal critic of Yunkin, accusing him of sowing division and questioning his religious faith. VPM News reporter Ben Pavier will join our newscast editor Sarah McCluskey in a few minutes to break down what else happened during yesterday's special legislative session. Virginia Attorney General Jason Miaris has formed a new working group to combat organized retail crime. This comes as businesses across the nation have reported an increase in theft. According to WDBJ7, organized crime rings often groom younger people to carry out the theft before reselling stolen items online. Miara says he hopes that the working group can help identify potential legislation as well as best practices for businesses to address the problem. It's the first week of hurricane season. Virginia officials say the time to get ready is now, as meteorologists predict another overly active season. Patrick Larson went to the Virginia Emergency Operations Center to learn more. When disaster strikes, the Emergency Operations Center is bustling with state officials from all executive agencies, coordinating money, people, and resources. You know, disasters begin and end at the local level, and we exist to support them. That's Sean Talmadge, the state coordinator for emergency management. His office is ready to kick into gear at a moment's notice, but he says preparation starts at home. We want all Virginians to take the opportunity today to prepare for for emergencies. Talmadge says make a plan of where to go, who to contact, and what to bring, and write it down. 
also essential, an emergency kit with first aid as well as food and water that can last for up to a week. And if you live in a flood-prone area, protect your belongings, get flood insurance, or check your policy. Patrick Larson, VPM News. Two environmental organizations are challenging a federal judge's ruling involving an alleged violation of the Clean Water Act in Henrico County. According to the Henrico Citizen, a U.S. District Court judge decided Henrico cannot pay civil fines because the county is facing the same penalties at a state level. However, the judge says he supports the Chesapeake Bay Foundation and the James River Association's request for the county to take action against pollution. The groups accuse Henrico County of allowing tens of millions of gallons of sewage in the James River and connected waterways over the last 30 years. Your state tax bill could look a little smaller next year under a budget agreement approved by lawmakers yesterday. The proposal includes pay raises for state employees and teachers, new money for school construction, and funding for gun violence prevention. VPM News state politics reporter Ben Pavier breaks it all down with Sarah McCluskey, our newscast editor. Let's start with the politics. Who exactly came up with this plan? Since the legislature's divided, this is a compromise between Democrats in the Senate and Republicans in the House of Delegates. That makes it sound like this was a big team effort, but the reality is only a few lawmakers were actually in the room. One of those people is Republican Delegate Barry Knight, who said everyone gets a little bit of what they wanted in this agreement. What I think we have done is we have got a good bipartisan budget The budget only came out on Sunday, meaning lawmakers didn't have much time to go through it. And they didn't always like what they saw. That includes new criminal penalties for possessing more than four ounces of marijuana, a proposal that's already been rejected by Democrats in the Senate. With the budget, lawmakers can't pick and choose which items they want. It's kind of an all or nothing vote. And that led to complaints from some Democrats, including Delegate Marcus Simon, about the lack of transparency. God forbid they actually had to have a public meeting and invite the press and the public and and the rest of us in to know what it was they were talking about, Mr. Speaker. But in the end, all but a dozen or so lawmakers voted for this spending plan. In fact, my inbox is clogged with press releases from the parties and advocacy groups claiming victory. So what are they all cheering about? Republicans are especially excited about the taxes. If Governor Glenn Youngkin signs the budget, individuals will get a $250 rebate check or $500 for couples. Lawmakers also agreed to raise the standard deduction to almost double what it is now. That was a big priority for Yunkin and Republicans in the General Assembly. They didn't get one of Yunkin's other big priorities, a gas tax holiday. Democrats are excited about a move to make the earned income tax credit partially refundable, which will help lower income households. All told, it adds up to almost $4 billion in tax cuts, made possible by a record state surplus. Now, that's a big chunk of change, but it doesn't sound like the state is also talking about cutting services, right? Not in this budget, no. There's lots of support for various pay increases. State employees would see a 10% pay increase over two years. Teachers would also get a 10% boost, although localities would have to chip in half of that. Correction officers, state police, and staff at state hospitals would also see their pay rise by even larger amounts, mostly because lawmakers say they're actually severely underpaid right now. You mentioned teacher pay increases. What about students and schools? Where do funds for education go in this plan? There's been lots of talk in Virginia over the last decade about the state of our public school buildings. This budget would devote over a billion dollars towards school construction projects. There's money for support positions and dedicated reading specialists, as well as some funding for mental health programs, although not as much as advocates had hoped. 
More controversially, the budget sets aside $100 million toward laboratory schools, which are K-12 schools affiliated with colleges and universities. Still, if this budget is signed by Yunkin, it will be the biggest K-12 budget the state has ever passed, even adjusting for inflation. So I'm sure the governor loves basketball references. The ball is now in Yunkin's court, and what are his options, Ben? He can sign the budget as is, he can suggest changes to it, or he could veto it entirely. That seems unlikely because he's already said he generally likes what he sees, but that doesn't mean he won't want to make a few changes. If Yunkin does decide to do that, the legislature has to come back to Richmond and vote on those amendments. This all has to be said and done by July 1st, when the state begins a new budget year. Alrighty. I know you'll be following whatever happens next, Ben. So thanks for the update. Happy to do it. That was Ben Pavier and Sarah McCluskey talking about the state budget that lawmakers voted on yesterday. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org slash news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at myvpm. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.